Cable news, noisy, boring, out of touch. That's why Salem News Channel is different. We keep you in the know. Streaming 24-7 for free. Home to the greatest collection of conservative voices like Dennis Prager, Jay Sekulow, Mike Gallagher, and more. Salem News Channel is unfiltered and unapologetic. Watch anytime, on any screen at snc.tv and local now channel 525. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Radcliffe. Wacky Wednesday uh, here with uh, Dan and I. Hope you're having a having a, a good one. Thank you. There's yeah. a bell. It's been a while, hasn't it? Saved by saved by the bell. Yeah. There you go. I, I don't know. Do I have a bell here at the office? I don't think I do. You used to have one. Uh, that one that Tiana got you from Disney World. That that one the uh, clanger is it called a clanger? What's the little dinger thing? Yeah, it wasn't as lubricated as it needed to be. It would get <laughs> stuck. It go clank, clank. Wasn't it from the Tower of Terror? Yep, sure was. I tell you what, uh, the the Tower of Terror. I took both boys. Uh, well, uh, Caleb when he was younger, I believe, and then Elijah. Uh, him and I went on it. And, uh, I mean, that was been a few years back, right? I had to close my eyes. It, it scared me the second time. The first time, I, I think I was okay. I didn't fear death like I do today, as close <laughs> as I am to it. <laughs> you're ready, just not that ready. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ready. Yeah, you're right. Well said. Uh, but that's a scary, that's a scary ride because you... When those doors open, now you've been on the ter- tower. Yeah, right? several times. Yeah. Well, you get you're in that little car, right? Is it just two people in one car, or is there a whole? Are there people behind me? I can't remember. Uh, yeah, there's everybody. There's like uh, three, twelve, about twelve people, twelve, fifteen people. How did we end up in the front? And that's probably the scariest, isn't it? If you're in the front there, you you look out, the doors open, and all you yeah. see. And how high would you say you're up? I mean, you're my gracious. Yeah, you're probably twelve stories, maybe. Yeah, and you can see over. I mean, you can see out, and then your your little uh, mobile. Uh, are we in chairs? What are we? What yeah, is that thing? Chairs. Okay, so the chairs move out, and you just keep going, and you're thinking, I know I'm going to drop here because I've seen it from the outside, but you're just the anticipation will kill you. The geniuses that are Disney Imagineers. Wow. Hey, Thankful Thursday is uh, coming up uh, tomorrow. We're cranking it up again, and tomorrow I'm going to be just down the uh, just down the road from where I live in Loganville. I'm going to the Cross Church there off of uh, 81, and we're going to bring some food to the uh, to the staff there. Somebody nominated the church staff. We can do the same for your church if you nominate your church staff. Uh, Dan or I will bring uh, food for up to 12 we're actually going i don't know if i told you this before maybe you know pardon me for repeating myself i I went to the cross last year i believe or the year before haven't we been doing thankful thursday now for two years yeah i think so like two years well this happens to be the church office is actually the mansion 
that Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson owned. Really? Yes. I did, I thought I had told you that, but uh, uh, I pro I don't know. I don't remember. But as when we moved to Loganville, we were all told about the mansion that's out there off of eighty one. It's probably oh I don't know a couple of miles from three or four or five miles from where I live. And um, I don't know what year it was. I'm thinking it was the eighties because the mansion looks dated. Uh, well, I mean, Burt Reynolds and Lonnie Anderson were a thing quite a, quite a ways ago, weren't they? Some time ago. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you can tell that it was a mansion, but when you think about the, when you think about Burt Reynolds at that time, he made a lot of money. I don't, maybe he was downsizing. It's kind of a miniature mansion. It doesn't seem like it's, I've been in it. I had to go in to do the thankful Thursday. That was their offices there. And I mean, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing in a sense. You're like, wow, this, this was Burt Reynolds house and Lonnie Anderson's house when they were married. Um, But it's not like, you know, think of a big star that would have, you know, 25 rooms and 16 bathrooms and Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Did you ever see now? I bring, I bring him up, but now I can't remember his name. Uh, The boxer from back in the nineties that lived in college park, his house, his, his mansion may still be there. Um, Mike Tyson bit his ear off. Evander Holyfield. Evander Holyfield. Yeah. And now he lived in a mansion. Yeah. It was amazing. And then well, he if built- Mike Tyson bit your ear off, you'd be living <laughs> in a mansion too. Mike, if you're listening, uh, feel free to bite any part of my ear off or just a, I mean, just a nibble. Well, come I'm over here, Rick. I'll, I'll beat you up and I'll eat you up. I'll eat your ear off. <laughs> If you do that, we'll have the TikTok going and uh, all videos going, and and then I will have a mansion. Yes, yes, you will. Not a Burt Reynolds mansion. No, an Evander Holyfield mansion. But anyway, that's that's out there. The uh, Burt Reynolds Lonnie Anderson mansion that now the Cross owns. Now, great folks out there. It's a, a rather large church. I wouldn't call it a mega church, but it's a large church. They've got a. Uh, a building, I think it's back there behind the the mansion. But you can definitely see, hey, that's Burt Reynolds' mansion. Very cool. Back when I was younger, I used to go to Burt Reynolds' movies. I thought they longer. He did the original Longest Yard, um, Smokey and the Bandit, of course. Yeah. Do they do they have his? Uh, what was it? A, a T Bird from Smokey the that Bandit? Was, uh, not a T-bird, but a Trans Am. The Trans Am, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Which was yeah, a Trans Am cool. out there driving people around to get to no. stuff. No. no. That would be cool. You know, you think about it now. I mean, I live in Loganville, and there's been a lot of growth, and it continues to grow. One of these days, it's going to be like, ah, I can't believe we moved to Loganville. Um, but back in the, whenever they built that mansion in the house, it was out in the sticks. I yeah. mean, it really, really was. He was probably trying to get away from everybody. He probably went down to the Kroger and uh, shopped mm-hmm. back in the uh, the nineties. Didn't he just pass a couple of years ago? That hadn't yeah, been that long. Yeah, he's, he's been gone for a little while. And Lonnie is Lonnie still around? She is still around. I don't know what she's doing, uh, but uh, I think she is uh, still around. All right, if you're getting ready for the summer, uh, don't do what this guy did. Uh, 
uh, a UK man decided instead of going on a diet that he would get a six pack uh, tattooed on his stomach. <laughs> Not a six pack like a six pack of Bud or Michelob or something like that. A six pack like muscles. Like abs. Yeah. Yeah. He didn't feel like going through the pain of uh, of working out and, and dieting. So he went through the pain of getting a tattoo. <laughs> Which I don't have any tattoos on my stomach. My oldest son does, and uh, it looks it looks like it was painful. Yeah, well, it, I, on me it might not be. I've got plenty of fat to to layer the uh, the pain, but <laughs> some people don't. He didn't want to go on a diet, so he had a tattoo of. Uh, I didn't see the picture. It would be interesting to see the picture, and I'm not sure what reaction he wants to to get. Yeah, I mean, you can tattoo it all you want, but you're going to know that it's still fat. I mean, it's kind of hard to hide. Yeah, yeah. If I tattooed a six-pack on my stomach, people would go, uh, uh, you know, cover your children's eyes and, yeah, you know, but, uh, yeah. So, anyway, that's what's going on. And then a Daytona man heard something at his... Say no more, Florida man. (laughs) That's all you need to say. A Daytona man heard something at his door, front door, and he thought it was someone to visit his teenage son, but it was not. It was an alligator, and when he stepped out on the porch, the alligator grabbed his leg and shook him. Um, I don't think there were any injuries, although that whole experience would, would shake you, right? It definitely. Now, did the alligator ring the doorbell or what? <laughs> FedEx, <laughs> Amazon, <laughs> UPS, DoorDash. Uh, yeah. Landshark. Uh, uh, alligators, they have figured out the way to eat sooner than to wait and wait for something to come by. They knock on your door, ring your ring your bell. And then when you answer it, there you go. There you go. It's DoorDash to him. <laughs> There's his meal. Land shark. <laughs> Which reminds me of this. While Dan was away, was it last week or the week before? The uh, week before, yeah. Um, we have uh, here at Salem Media Group, we have uh, somewhere around 90 to 100 stations, I think, in the U.S., don't we? Something, it's it's something, something like that. Yeah. 98, 99, 100. Um and we have uh, a cluster in Greenville, South Carolina. Well, the the folks at Greenville needed somebody recorded here in Atlanta. Uh, so he came by. He was a ringmaster, ringmaster by night. By day, he was a um, a salesman for a, um, uh, what was he a salesman for? Solar panels, solar solar panels. And at, at night on the weekends, he was a ringmaster. Like a so, circus ringmaster? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ladies and gentlemen, nice guy. Okay. Uh, in fact, his name is Ted. I have his card right here. He works for Solar USA. Nice guy. But we're sitting here and we're recording in my office because that's what I'm doing here now, mm-hmm. recording in my office. And he starts telling me these stories. He has about, I would say, a third of his thumb missing because... He used to be before a ringmaster. He was an alligator trainer and then a lion tamer. And one day the alligator bit his thumb off. Oh, 
Well, a third of it. And uh, which reminded me, this story reminded me of that. So that's, I mean, it's a nice story. I wouldn't want it to happen to me. Uh, and then he was a trainer for, uh, I, I don't know if it was a male lion or a female lioness, but one of them got a hold of one of his other fingers and just ripped it all to, to, to shreds. So that's a dangerous, I think, I think he's in the right place now, a ringmaster, uh, where he doesn't have to be around wild animals. Yeah. Uh, and hopefully the solar panel business isn't quite that dangerous like uh, like the animals were. He says they're very, very, very busy. Very busy. And I I'm can sure they are. I can imagine. Let's take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk about some more stuff and some more cool stuff that you could win if you go to our website. Stay with us. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. When should I end on this next one? 20? Maybe 21. Let's do 21. 21? Okay. Yeah. Hey, howdy. Hey, it's uh, Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. It is Wednesday, and I mentioned this earlier, uh, but tomorrow I'm going to be at the Cross in Loganville. It's Thankful Thursday. Going to see the folks out there. I went there either last year or the year before. Great folks there at the Cross in Loganville. And if you... Uh, Want to get your church staff honored? You can nominate them. Go to faithtalkatlanta.com. Dan Dan or I will bring uh, food for up to 12. Usually it's uh, the folks on the, uh, what, east side of, of Metro Atlanta and around. I yep. go and then Dan's on the other side. So, uh, But we'll find you and uh, we'll treat you, uh, your staff. So faithtalkatlanta.com. Dot com. Dot com. I read um, a couple of, of stats uh, this morning. A third of Gen Zers struggle with mental health. Mm. Uh, a very small percent and a very small percentage of, of Gen Zers actually tell somebody. Uh, Gen yeah. Zers is uh, 15 to 25. So that's Joshua and uh, Elijah. Jake as well. But um, but our boy. Yeah, Kaylee's at the end of that. She's... She she considers herself kind of half millennial, half Gen Z. Is there a special name for that if you're in between? Uh, um, I don't know. I don't know. Hey, if I'd say know, she's more Gen Z than millennial. But if there is a name, call Shamso. Let us know so we can talk about it. So we can talk intelligently here. Uh, sometimes we do talk intelligently here. On every every once in a while, not too often. Yeah, that saddens me having. One, having a Gen Zer, and I know the struggles because even in our own family, even uh, with uh, our youngest, you know, there's been some just some struggles in different areas and and they're not quick to uh, to to bring it up. So if yeah. you're if you have a Gen Zer, uh, try to get it out of them somehow, send them to counseling or get them to talk to somebody. And and um, but, you know, sometimes I mean, you you being a parent. Me being a parent, I don't know about girls because, again, I don't have girls, but you do. Are girls, I'm, I'm going to assume, let me step out on a limb here. I'm going to assume that girls are more apt to bring things up and talk about them. Where guy, I mean, even us, right? You yeah. and I being guys, grown men, we don't want to go out there and just, just, you know, spill everything that we're going through. It's just we kind of try to figure it out ourselves, don't we? Yep, and I'd, I'd say that's right. The girls are, are much more apt to talk about it, uh, whether it be with their parents or with friends or with somebody else. Whereas guys, 
it's just innate in us and, and wired in us that we got to handle our own problems and fix it ourselves. And we're seen as weak if we say that we, uh, if we have problems. Now, when you, I mean, you talk to a number of, of young men, college age, high school, and you yeah. have for a long, long time, uh, which is amazing. Is, is it the old, I mean, there's, there's no formula, right? I mean, but I, I would think that the first thing is to, to have a relationship on some level mm-hmm. where they trust you. And I think trust is a, a, I mean, let's be honest, you and I are less likely to talk to somebody that uh, even in our churches that we don't know, right. it's not that we don't trust them and that they're shady. We just don't, we don't want to share information, but if it's somebody that we're closer to, we're more apt to share that with them. So trust has got to be a huge issue. Yeah. Like for you, is that, that's how you do it, right? Well, definitely. It's, um, you know, when I, when I meet with guys, at broken chains international, uh, a good first two or three of the meetings are really us getting to know each other, letting them get more comfortable, you know, talking to me and just, kind of letting down some of those walls or at least trying to let down those walls. So that's, that's a big part of it, especially for guys, girls, like I said, in general, I wouldn't say it's all the time, but in general, they're more apt to just go ahead and start talking about their feelings. And those of us that are married know that because our wives continue to, to bring things up and want to talk about stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you're ready to go to bed and then you're tired and you're sleepy, you want to go to sleep. (laughs) And that seems to be, I don't know if that's the well, guy. You know, let's talk about uh, deep, deep uh, <laughs> theological issues here now. Well, you're just so busy during the day, and now I have your undivided attention. <laughs> then I get later on, uh, we talked about this, remember? Oh, we did? <laughs> yeah, you said okay. Well, it sounded like, but you said okay. My hearing's not as good as it used to be, so I just use that now, and she's she's... She's bought that one. Uh, yeah. She's like, uh, you just didn't hear me. I, no, I didn't. You and me both. Especially I, uh, if it's in the right ear, I won't hear it. So. <laughs> I have to tell people like, uh, co- uh, is it Comcast, Xfinity, whichever one it is that we have the internet with, um, maybe the same company, I don't know. But yeah. they, the, when the guy showed up the other day to, to fix our internet, uh, and, and anybody that comes to see Dad, I have to say, uh, look, he's a little hard of hearing, so you have to speak a little. You don't have to yell, but you just have to say it slower and louder. Hello, Mr. <laughs> Probst. That's what we do to people that speak another language. We just speak slower and louder. Slower and louder. Like they're yeah. they're going to get it. <laughs> no. Yeah. Who was that? Somebody, I don't know if it was the Joni er- Erickson Tata. Is it Erickson? Er- Johnny uh, Erickson Tata, yeah. She said that people, because she's been in a wheelchair ever since the accident back in the 60s or 70s, whenever it was, she said people would come up to her and speak louder and slower like she was hard of hearing. I'm just, <laughs> and she would make a joke about it. I'm just in a wheelchair. I'm not hard, hard of hearing. All right, there's a poll out. Uh, Americans love... Weddings, number Do one, <laughs> two family reunions and three birthday parties. Uh, weddings, listen, if you're going to have a wedding, make it short because nobody, and I mean nobody, 
wants to be there a long time. We want nobody celebrate. wants to sit outside in the summer <laughs> when it's 100 degrees out, no matter how pretty it looks. And this is going to sound really bad, okay? So I, I understand when I say this, there could be repercussions. It's the same for funerals. Funerals, they can be too long. Yeah. So I've been to some long funerals and you're like, okay, you're killing me now, <laughs> you know, but then I've been to some short ones that they said everything they needed to say and it was honoring the person. So, um, yeah, I know that's bad, but, uh, Americans hate number one going to funerals, maybe because they're that long, or maybe we just don't like death. Oh, that could be very true. Yeah. All right. What's going on? What are we giving away, Dan? Oh, what aren't we giving away, Rick? <laughs> well, uh, let's talk about Women of the Fish, the encouraging night out for ladies. It's coming up on Thursday, uh, May 4th at the Metropolitan Club in Alpharetta, Georgia. Uh, all of the uh, the ladies from our sister station, The Fish, are going to be there, including the one and only Taylor from Kevin and Taylor in the morning. Uh, and we have Shanti Feldman is going to be there and uh, North Point Ministries' Lauren Lee Anderson. So it's going to be a great night. Ladies, get signed up and uh, and be sure and join in the fun. The Women of the Fish. Yes, may the 4th be with you. It is going to be a great uh, a great day. FaithTalkAtlanta.com. Let's take a break. We will be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk. Hey there, it is Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. Hey, what a pleasure to talk to this guy. David Helling, he's a writer, director, and there's a movie coming out in theaters on March 31st. It's called His Only Son. David's here to talk about it. David, how are you? I'm doing all right. Uh, it's, it's good to be with y'all. Glad to have you on. Uh, we were talking beforehand, and we found out you're a Texan, and so I always say we have to have at least one Texan on every week uh just you know to keep up the awesomeness so we appreciate you joining us well i appreciate y'all having me so uh i'm glad to i'm glad to fill that weekly billet so (laughs) david we want to talk about uh, his only son which is just in time for easter right this was all put together and it's uh, a cinematic exploration of the story of abraham and his faith and uh how his faith was tested and the sacrifice that he that he made. Before we get into that, uh, how'd you get started uh, writing and directing? Uh, is this something you've always wanted to do as a, a child, a, a high school or what? How'd you get into this? Well, I mean, yeah, the uh, was a, as a kid, you know, you always, um, as most kids do, love movies. And, uh, and you know, actually, I spent most of my childhood, I think, playing with, with action figures and so kind of making my own little movies in my mind. Um, and I, and I never really pictured that I would be making movies. I guess I had that desire. And in high school, I did video tech. Uh, but then after high school, um, uh, you know, I, 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 well, during, I guess, middle school and a little bit of elementary, I started to have the desire to be in, in the military. And then, and then nine 11 happened whenever I was in high school. And, and then once, once I found out the Marine Corps was the best branch, uh, <laughs> that, that was, that was the trajectory that I, that I, that I decided to put myself on. And so joined the Marine Corps after high school, uh, did that for five years. And during that time went to Iraq and it was whenever I was in Iraq that the Lord got a hold of my heart. He drew me to his word 
and uh, opened my eyes to the truth of the gospel. And mm. and uh, and and the, and the word came alive to me. And I wanted to show others that the word is alive and that the 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 accounts that we read there are real and true accounts that the Lord was working through all these lives for thousands of years, his redemptive plan that he had set forth from the beginning. And, uh, and so I wanted to, to, uh, I, I thought, you know, it, it came to me whenever I was in Iraq, I was like, wait a minute, I can do, I can do biblical films and make these movies. And, uh, and it would, it would go in front of people who were like me beforehand and, and, and never in their word. And it might draw them to the word uh, and, and, and ultimately uh, present them the gospel and that they might, you know, see these these representations, hear the gospel and be saved. And uh, and so from from that moment on, uh, after leaving Iraq and then finishing up my um, my enlistment and my wife and I were praying about direction where to go. Uh, I, you know, I, I realized, Hey, I'm going to have the GI bill and I don't have to go to real college. I can go to film school. <laughs> and, uh, and so, and so, uh, so the Lord opened up every door and just, it, it made it, it made it clear the, the, the direction to go. Uh, so we went up to San Francisco of all places. And I started my, my journey as a biblical filmmaker there at the Academy of Art University in downtown San Francisco. So I started teaching myself how to sew costumes and, and, uh, and on, on the side, because they don't teach those things in, in, in film school. Actually, I was getting a, a director's degree. So there was a lot of things that I had to teach myself in order to be a sort of a, a one-man band. And that's, you know, doing all sorts of visual effects and green screen work and sewing the costumes and making the miniatures and the props and all that kind of stuff. And started doing all these little rinky-dink short films um, that my church really seemed to enjoy. And, and so they gave me an outlet to continue to do these things. Um, every, uh, every Christmas, they would have a big Christmas production called the story. And, uh, and, and, and they, they gave me an outlet to be able to put these biblical shorts into year after year. And so it gave me incentive to actually finish a project rather than just la- leaving it like 80% moving on to something else in a, in yeah. a PhD fashion. Um, but, uh, so, so then, yeah, after doing that for about a decade, uh, then, uh, the door opened up to do, uh, my first feature and, and, uh, and that's his only son, even though I had written a number of other films before this, uh, this one, happened to be at the right price point that it was manageable to do for a first one. And, um, and, and so now after working on this film for nearly five and a half years, here we are. Um, wow. the total answer to prayer that, uh, that, uh, I mean, cause we shot this thing. We were supposed to shoot in the, in the fall or de- November, December of 2018. We ended up shooting in, in the summer of 2019. And since then, I spent all these years. I mean, because now we're in the spring of twenty. Well, almost the spring. Are we spring? I think we might be spring. Yeah, yeah. Twenty twenty three. Um. Uh. And uh. And and now it, all that time has passed, and and it's just been uh allowed me to polish and polish and work on the three hundred twenty five visual effects shots, get the thing fully edited, and uh and and while praying that the Lord would bring this before the masses, and and you know it's like you. you literally praying even like right here next to me praying for years that the Lord would do incredible things with it. That would be so, it would be unmistakable that it's his hand alone at work in the whole process. And, uh, and now to see um, this Easter theatrical release, which is something I thought would have been, I was like, man, this would be perfect. Even while writing the script, I was like, man, this would be perfect to do an Easter theatrical release. But, um, but it, it, just because you have that thought, it doesn't mean that it's going to happen. I mean, every, every filmmaker wants to have their film on the big screen, but, but it's so, so rare 
um, for it to happen. And now that it's fully coming to pass, not only across the nation, but now we're getting all sorts of international um, um, uh, international uh, regions that are interested in, uh, in in putting it into theaters in their area as well. So it's just blowing. It's it's mind blowing, and it leaves you speechless. Wow. wow. Uh, real quick before we get uh, to to more about the movie, I'm curious. You you came to know Christ in Iraq of all places. Uh, what what was was there an experience that you had, or just somebody you met there? What what happened in Iraq? Well, you know I me. Mean, so I grew up in a Christian home, uh, and uh, and I I asked. Jesus into my heart, right? Whenever I was eight years old, and uh, and so throughout elementary school and high school and all that kind of stuff, I I really was. I mean, I'd live morally uh, for moral sake, and I'd make sure you knew about it. You know, <laughs> it was like a, I was a pretty good whitewashed tomb. Um, yeah. And uh, but it was you know whenever I got in the Marine Corps, I didn't go to church for like three years. I was like, oh well, you know, I'd use whatever excuse and. Uh, like, oh, I'm on base and I don't have a car. And, you know, I could have managed if if I was actually wanting to go to church. And um, but, you know, I I uh, I we started attending a, a church. My wife and I, um, after we had gotten married uh, in Southern California and and they were really good, you know, it was verse by verse exegetical preaching. And I started to get convicted about not being in the Bible myself. And so when it was time for me to deploy I was like, oh, should I bring my Bible? I was like, oh, you know, uh, I, uh, I was like, well, yeah, I got to pack so much. And and this is my Bible is pretty big that I had. You know, it's actually this one right here. Um, and, you know, yeah. it's a good uh, study Bible, MacArthur study Bible. And um, and so it's uh, I was like, OK, well, but by God's grace, I ended up taking the Bible with me. And then immediately I just you you, you spend a lot of time by yourself hmm. a lot. Of, I mean, because I was with a small one man team in one of Saddam Hussein's old missile bunkers, uh, primarily. I mean, we spent some time in Ramadi and then, uh, which is Al Ambar province. And then, and then, uh, was it TQ, which was this air base located, uh, next to, uh, the, this little town called Havania between Ramadi and Fallujah. And, uh, and, and so it was located in, uh, with a four man team there and, and working a lot of nights, a lot of time by yourself, a lot of time just to reflect, um, and just started to grow more and more convicted in my first few weeks there, just to sin in my life and, and, uh, and, and not being in the word. And, and, and so I, and being there and realizing, man, like, Oh, is this, is this where Babylon was? Is this where, you know, hmm. so was Daniel in the lion's den? Like right yeah. here, was this bunker, the lion's den at one point, <laughs> you know, like you start thinking like, what? and then I was like, Oh man. And so I just, yeah, dove into the word, um, and, uh, and started reading, and um, so it was really, yeah, just being that whole experience of being there at that right time. The Lord was wow. bringing that all together to to uh, to to change the trajectory of my life. Wow. Very cool. Love it. Uh, talking to David Helling, he's writer, director of His Only Son, coming out March 31st, just in time for Easter. His Only Son movie dot com is a great place to go to real quick. We got a couple of minutes, David, uh, left before we have to take a break. So um, what can people expect when they see it and where can they see it? Well, uh, so you can see it first. I'll start with the second part uh, first. You can see it one, like you said, March 31st uh, in theaters across the United States. We're, we're going into 1,800 screens. Most of them are already listed currently. You can buy tickets now, like you said, at hisonlysonmovie.com or at angel.com slash son. Um, and, uh, and if you don't see your theater, you can request a theater 
right there on on one of those two sites. And then, uh, and, but if you do see your theater, we would encourage you to get tickets as soon as possible because it sends a message to the theaters that 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 you guys want this movie, and they'll keep it there for longer, and they'll open up to more screens. Um, but what can they expect? They can expect. So this is a uh, this is uh, one. It, it 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 is a it is a humble film, but it's a very it's a very heavy film, and you can tell that from the from the trailer that that is focused on getting into the mind of Abraham and what it had to have been like on that three day journey mm-hmm. as he walked to take Isaac to the place of the offering, and also as he as he must have been reflecting on all the promises of God that had happened over the decades leading up to him and Sarah's or him and Sarah having Isaac, and so this really speaks to um, and encourages all of us that have to spend time in the hard trials of life, waiting on the Lord and understanding that the Lord is still very present. The Lord is still very active in all of our situations. And even through all the struggles and all the, all the sufferings of life, for those of us that, that love him and are called according to his purpose, he's working that for good. And he's working that he has a plan in, in, in the trials of life. Um, and so it's, it's really a meditative movie on that sense where you can sit and reflect on, this real person in history, four thousand years ago, the the father of our faith, as they call him, um, and uh, and what he was going through, what the Lord was writing in his life as an example for us today. Awesome. His only son in theater is March thirty first. Go to hisonlysonmovie.com. and as David just said, uh, tell your theater that uh, you and a group of folks are going, and uh, that's mm. just good stuff. David, we'd we'd love to talk to you after the fact. Uh, to see how everything went and uh, just see yes. what people are saying uh, about the film. Thank you for your service mm-hmm. uh, when you served oh, us and served our country. And thank you for uh, for your service now uh, as, as what you do is something that's God-ordained and just touching so many lives. Again, uh, David Helling with the movie called His Only Son. HisOnlySonMovie.com. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk. Hey, look out. It's Faith Talk Live. I'm Rick Probst. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. What a pleasure to talk to this young lady, singer-songwriter Estella Kirk. She's got a project that's out. She's releasing it a little bit at a time, but you can hear some good stuff. It's called Running On Low. Estella, how are you? Hi, I'm good. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to come on here and be able to talk to you guys today. Well, thanks for joining us. We appreciate you. Yeah, and you know, I'm I'm an aficionado when it comes to the TikTok. So uh, I was on the TikTok and seeing some of <laughs> seeing some of your your videos, and uh, they're awesome. So check out her TikTok. No, I don't. I have no clue. I accidentally find TikTok, but uh, you, I, I'm assuming that is that your boyfriend, your fiance, your husband that you are doing those TikToks with. It's just really, it's awesome. <laughs> That's my boyfriend. Yeah. Um, so I just recently actually created a music account. Okay. So I'm just trying to be as real as possible on TikTok and just show my show my life. It's called Stella.Kirk. So. 
Stella.Kirk. And Estella, one thing before we you know get into the music, I really want to encourage you to put more pictures up in your room. Uh, there's, I don't know that you have enough. The wall looks a little bare back there. Talk about your wall yes, back there. They're falling off, but it's actually a like a collage kit from Tezza, I think, I believe. That's how you okay. say it. But it's just a bunch of like collage pictures. Honestly, they need to come off. I need to do <laughs> Time something for a different. New- New yeah. yeah. You should do pictures of Rick and Dan all behind you there. It would be awesome. I yes, think. for sure. <laughs> there you go. Running on low is uh, Estella's new project. It is out. And as I mentioned, she's releasing it a piece at a time. Every Friday you release one. It's on uh, your all your stuff's on Spotify. I, I'm a Spotify guy. So I was listening to you this morning on Spotify. Good stuff. You can go to EstellaKirkMusic.com. Let's talk about running running low. How long have you been working on this and what are you excited about on this project? I am so excited about this. Um, There are so many personal stories on this album and just songs that I believe God laid on my heart. Um, I've been working on this for, I would say it's been in the working for a while because these stories go back to, gosh, when I was 14. I wrote Running On Low about this time in my life when I just felt Like I was kind of going through the motions and I couldn't really talk about music. I had kind of lost my passion for it. And it's just a very real song that talks about running, but running without God. And then we end up just running on low. And that's kind of the inspiration. And I would say running on low is the most relatable song on the album for sure. Now, you say you got to a point where you were sick of music or, or maybe not wanting to do it yeah. as much. What What do you think led you to get to that point? I think doing it for myself and doing it without God. There was just mm-hmm. a time where I I didn't want to talk about it. I couldn't really speak about it. And I think it was just because I was so lost with who I was. Mm-hmm. And I know that so many teens relate to that. It's just the feeling of being lost and not knowing what your next step is or where your, your direction is. And then I just felt God telling me to write about him and to pursue what he's called me to do. And that's Christian music for sure. Awesome. Estella Kirk uh, running on low and uh, there is a song released every Friday. Then April the 14th, the entire project will be on wherever you get your music. You can of course purchase it, listen to it on uh, Apple music, Spotify, at at uh, etc. Uh, something I was just going to ask you, and I just lost it. It just jumped right out of uh, out of my brain. Uh, uh, it's uh, as I listen to your music, it's very well done. Are 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 you the singer songwriter? Do you play any instruments, or who's your crew that you got together to 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 musically put this uh, this project together? These projects. Yeah, so I play guitar, and I am a singer songwriter. So I do co-write on all of these songs, but I have some amazing people who have helped me out um, with all of these songs. The first four I wrote with Mama Jan and Abe Parker, who are mm-hmm. actually based out of Atlanta. Yeah, and I know then, Mama Jan. We've had her on the show before. We love yeah, her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's awesome. She's so awesome. Um, and then the last five I actually wrote with a group called OC Hit, and they're out of California. Awesome. So it... it if you were to sum it up into into one, you know, one little thing, what would you say you want folks to walk away with when they listen to music by Estella Kirk? 
I just want them to relate to the music. I want them to draw closer to God and just really resonate with all of these songs because they're all just such personal stories. Estella Kirk, it is uh, running on low. And again, check it out. And then by the 14th, the entire project uh, will be going. Now, I read a little bit of your bio. You've done so many amazing things, uh, including acting. Are you are you doing any acting anymore? Or are you done with that? Is music your 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 number one as far as your as far as your craft is concerned? Or what's going on with you? So music is definitely my number one, but I have recently got back into acting. Um, There was just this Christian project that I'm working on currently, and I can't say much about it, but I am so, so excited for this project. It is exactly where my heart is. And uh, yeah, I can't say much about it, but I can soon. So so there's a big tease for you right there. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I wish I could tell you all about it, but I'm so excited. That's, that's all I can say. Well, we can't wait to hear more about it. So when you are able to talk about yeah, it, we yeah. need to talk again and find yeah. out what the big secret is. Yes. Uh, another song uh, that you've got that I, uh, I'd like to ask you about is Someone I'm Not. I just love the the, the title of that. Talk about, talk about who you are that you're not. Yeah. So I wrote that song during a time when I would just scroll on social media and compare my life to other people. Um, just it talks about waking up and looking in the mirror and not knowing who you are. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of how I felt every day for quite some time. So that song is very personal. And I know that so many teens relate to it. And yeah, I, I love that song because it just shares such a side of my heart that I haven't shared before. Have you had any other teens that have said, oh my gosh, this is me. You are writing from my perspective here on that. Yeah. I've had a lot of DMS on Instagram, especially with just like 13, 14 year old girls telling me that they relate so much to the song. Mm. I think that's, that's one of the main reasons why I really like it because I know that it, it just starts that conversation of, Hey, like I relate to you. I know where you're coming from. Like I totally feel that every single day. And I think that it's helped so many people with the bridge of the song because the bridge actually talks about how we find God through that and we can put our worth and our value in him. Hmm. And so it's just, it takes you through this time of like, Oh, that's how I feel. I so relate to that. And then, Oh, but God, like he's there walking every step of the way with me. Hmm. That's so good. That's uh, someone I'm not. Uh, There are eight others sweeter than honey, safe in you, be with you through the woods, running on low 17 hours, losing a game and the machine. Uh, Where are we in the uh, uh, as far as releases this Friday, which number will be released? This Friday is be with you. Okay, so it's a more of a pop song. Well, not more. It is a pop song. (laughs) And it's just kind of. I wanted to, with this album, I wanted to kind of share all of my life, not just, um, not just one part of it. And mm-hmm. so this album tells, this literally goes through everything during my life. So it's super exciting to share. Well, we'd love to see uh, what you're doing. And, and especially with the, like the someone I'm not, Rick and I were just talking earlier today, uh, Rick brought up a, um, uh, 
a survey that had come out just recently of Gen Zers and how many Gen Zers are suffering from depression. Yeah. And I think a lot of it has to do with social media and looking at it and going, oh, my life's not perfect like all these other people. So the, the fact that you're singing about that and giving girls hope, I, I love that. Thank you. Yeah, that's my main focus. I mean, I feel like that's where God's called me is to talk about him and to lead, especially to lead teenagers to him. Yeah. The project is called Running on Low, Estella Kirk. All right, 17 hours. Did it take you 17 hours to write it or what? uh, what's the deal on that one? No, this one took me like an hour. Wow. An hour and a half. Yeah. Um, This song tells such a story. Like, I love this song with my whole heart because I say that about all of them, but (laughs) this one, it, it talks about long distance and a long distance relationship being 17 hours away. Wow. And it kind of takes you through the whole story of that from going on a plane to leaving them to, you know, calling them like it's such a story. And it reminds me of a Taylor Swift song. (laughs) And yeah, I'm so excited about this one. Well, we want people to uh, listen to it, listen to the entire project to get it a piece at a time. And then on the 14th, the entire project will be there for you. Estella Kirk Music dot com. And as soon as Estella lets us know, you know what's going to happen, Dan? We're going to be watching another season of The Chosen, and we're going to see, wait, not just Estella Kerr. Is that Estella? <laughs> and, oh my we'll, and we'll say, we knew Estella when. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And she'll say, Rick and Dan, who? Yeah, really. That's what they all say. Estella, thank you so much. You're such a delight, and we'd love to talk to you again, maybe after the 14th or so, and see what people are saying. And uh, we, we'd love to talk to you more about Mama Jan. She's amazing. She's mm. been on the show. And uh, I love hearing her sing. Uh, she is, uh, I love her style. So yeah. it's just good stuff. Thanks for hanging with her. And no doubt you had, uh, you, you, she stretched you probably, right? And you had a great, oh, great, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she stretches <laughs> us being on the show, doesn't she, Dave? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and she tells us not to sing. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Estella Kirk, uh, check out her stuff and soon to be in a television show or a movie near you. We'll let you know what's going on there. Let's take a break. We'll be right back. I'm Rick Krobes. And I'm Dan Ratcliffe. This is Faith Talk Live. 